0: We said that one of the, the things that Christians generally know is they know about the I am, but they haven't come to terms in the present day of who the I am is, the great I am. And so we highlighted and said that Jesus did not say, I was. He is not, even though he came over 2,000 years, he didn't say, I was. Neither did he say, I am going to be. But Jesus wants to be part of your and my life in this very present day and say, I am that I am. You know, I am that I am. That means in the present day, I can be your help. In the present day, I can be your savior. In the present day, I am your God. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next year, not when your body is riddled with pain and with sickness. No, He wants to be your I am no matter what situation. You may be, He wants us to experience the very reality of the I am. And so this morning, you know, we, um, uh, as I said, we highlighted about the I am that Jesus existed before we spoke about John the Baptist. And John the Baptist himself said, I was born before Jesus. But Jesus lived before I was born. So he says that I must decrease and he must increase. Because he understood that he is the great I am. The I am that said to Moses in the wilderness when he asked God, Whom shall I say sent me? And God said to him, I am that I am have sent you. So in the New Testament, He brings the reality of the I Am. Because in the mind of the Jew, they only knew the I Am of the wilderness and of the Old Testament and of, uh, you know, the, the, the Torah, if I may put it that way. But Jesus wanted to bring them to a reality. And He wants to bring us to a reality this morning that He is... The greater I am. Can I get an amen? Somebody. And so we are now this morning going to be speaking to you about Jesus who said, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. And it is my prayer that after this message, as I teach this message, that when you partake of the table of the Lord, that you will have a much deeper and meaningful understanding of who Jesus the Christ is, that He is the bread of life. Shall we pray together? Father, this morning I thank You for this congregation of people. Lord, as we have come to sit around Your Word, I ask and pray that you will give me the words to speak. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Help me, Lord, to teach your word plainly and simply in a way that even the children may understand. With the help of the Holy Spirit, this is possible. So I submit myself to the Holy Spirit. I surrender to the Holy Spirit. And ask now that my mouth will be your mouth. That you will help me to speak from the heart of God in this place. And so, Father, I pray that the bread of heaven, the bread of life, will become meaningful to us. That when we are faced with whatever calamity comes our way, that we will know we have an anchor in the bread of life. So, Father... Let your will be done, I pray, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. We highlighted last week, we spoke about the grace of God, that though this year and maybe the past has been tough for many, people have lost their jobs, people have lost their health, people have lost a loved one, people have lost many things during this time. And in spite of that, God's grace has carried us through. Can I get a witness here, somebody? It was but by the grace of God that we are here today. Some of us shouldn't have been here like my brother said. But the grace of God has carried us. That same grace is available not only for our salvation but also for our day-to-day living. When we live in the now and now of life, grace is with you. Grace is carrying you. Grace is walking all the way with you through the fire, through the storm, through the trials, through the circumstances, through the pain, through the rejection. Grace is walking with us and helping us to overcome and to come out more than a conqueror in Jesus Christ. Yes? So we have to rely on the grace of God not only at our salvation, but we must learn to walk in the grace of God in our day to day living. When you leave this church and you go wherever to the beach or wherever, walk with grace. Come on, somebody. When you go to your studies and you go and apply for a, for a, a, a you know, to do your degree or to, to study at an institution, walk with grace. Come on, somebody. When you go for a job interview, walk with grace. When you go and propose for marriage, I pray it will happen this year, walk with grace. Come on, somebody. There's something in grace that is so powerful that money can't buy. There's something in the grace of God that is so dynamic that a friend cannot give. There's something powerful about grace. Some of you are, you know, maybe you, you know the word grace. But you haven't experienced grace. Because when somebody is full of grace, they, they bottle up over, they spring up of the grace of God. Grace is not a religious thing. Grace is not only in the church. But you can have grace in your place of employment. You can have grace when your employees are trying to dig a hole for you. But grace will help you to step over that hole. Come on, somebody. Grace is there to carry you. Grace is there to make you. You do more with the little money that you earn and multiply it so that you can have much, somebody. And so Jesus is full of grace and truth. He is full of grace. So if you want to have grace, you have to walk with Jesus. I said if you want to, this is not something you go and buy at pick and pay and then you on your own. This is not something that you can save up in the bank, and then draw it from the bank. This is something you've got to walk day by day with Jesus Christ. You've got to walk by grace. Come on, somebody. You've got to walk by grace. Because grace is going to make you a conqueror. Grace is going to make you victorious. Grace is going to cause you to smile at the storm. Grace is going to make you listen when your cupboards are empty. And your purse is empty. And there's no money in the bank. Grace is going to work in somebody's heart to bless you. Come on somebody. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody here. You've got to understand that grace is on your side. But you've got to pick up grace. And you've got to say I've got to walk by grace. I'm walking by grace. Not by might. Not by power. But I'm walking by grace. I'm walking in the grace of God. Hallelujah. And so in John's gospel, we find in John chapter 1, verse 14 and verse 17, and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst men. So that means the word of God must become flesh in you. You must become the walking word of God. You must become the Word of God personified by your expression, by the way you handle matters, by the way you carry yourself, by your word that you speak, by the integrity that you give off. You've got to demonstrate the grace of God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Somebody read verse 14 and then verse 17. Anybody? Can you please help me? Verse 14, some of you got that nice cell phones. Please use your cell phones now. Not to chat, all right? Okay, not to chat, but anybody. Cole had to be here already. I don't know what's happening with Cole in 2022. There's no mic. I don't see anything. You got to be on your toes here, Cole. You got to move it. Okay, who's going to read it? Okay, Sister Mary Josephine. And then you stand by, my brother. You stand right there by her. Yes. Verse 14. The people realized that God
1: was at work among them in what Jesus has just done. They said, this is the prophet for sure. God's prophet right here in Galilee. Jesus saw that in their enthusiasm, they were about to grab him and make him king. So he slipped off and went back up to the mountain to be himself. Is that?
0: Is that 1 verse 14? Chapter 1 verse 14? No, chapter 6. No, no, sorry. Sorry, Sorry, my angel. John John chapter 1. I know you were ahead of us, but please come back to us. (laughs) John chapter 1 verse 14. Okay. Sorry.
1: The word became flesh and blood. And move into the neighborhood.
0: All right. So the word. John chapter 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Yes. So the word in verse 14 became? Flesh flesh. and blood. Flesh and blood. All right. Verse 17. Grace. We all live
1: off His generous bounty gift. After gift, after gift. Wow, that's a nice translation there. We got the basics from Moses, and then he's exuberant giving and receiving. The endless knowing and understanding, all this came through Jesus, the Messiah.
0: Okay, what translation is that? The message. Okay, the message. Are you able to get me the amplifier, Josephine? Verse 17. Yes,
1: for the law was given through Moses. Right. But grace, the unearned, undeserved favor of God and truth
0: came through Jesus Christ. There we go. The law came through Moses, but the unearned, unmerited favor of God came through who? Jesus through Jesus Christ. So there's something that he had to be made known to the people in order for the people to To benefit. That's why God through Jesus Christ sent His grace and make it available for the people. Because by the law, the law only made it available for those who kept the law. But yet, here we find the Lord Jesus Christ came to reveal to us and to make known to us the grace of God. In His grace... As Jesus walked the earth, remember, if he was going to bring the grace, he had to do acts of grace. Come on, somebody. You can't say, I'm living by grace, but there's no grace in your life. Hello? Hello, church? You can't say, God has saved me by grace, but you are not prepared to save others by grace. Hello, somebody? Don't be so religious. That you are so self-righteous that you have no grace to give unto others. Right? Are we together this morning? So, He offered them the bread of life. But many of the people refused the gift, walked away, and followed Him no more. Somebody read for me. John chapter 6 and verse number 66. Yeah, can somebody read it? Anybody that wants to read it? Show me by the hand. Show me. Okay, there we go. Yeah. From this time, many of his disciples
1: turned back and no longer followed him.
0: All right, so they had a problem. They had a problem with Jesus that Jesus... They didn't have a problem when Jesus was feeding them. Yeah? People don't have a problem when you do good to them. But it's when you ask them. It's like when, when that's why Jesus was never moved with crowds. Because He understood that crowds are the same. Whether you go to Israel, to Palestine whether you go to Old Trafford, whether you go to Newlands, whether you go in the church, Jesus knew that many people, they like to receive the miracles. But when they ask him questions, and they like they to ask questions, but oftentimes. When people ask you questions, they actually are sitting already with the answers. All that they are hoping is that you will confirm and by your agreement in your answer that you will be in agreement with them. But Jesus, when they asked Him questions, or rather when they asked Jesus questions and He gave them the answers... They said, no, this is too much for me. So that's really what happened in John chapter 6 and verse 66. Because Jesus was showing them that I am the bread of life. And he was using the same experience of the Old Testament of Moses. When he prayed for the manna to come down from heaven. The manna was just a template. It was a foreshadow. Of the promise of God. That he would send to to them the bread of life. And Jesus is the bread of life, somebody. Come on, somebody. He's the bread of life. That's why he said. I did not come out of myself. But the Father sent me. And the Father sent me because I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Now bread, you know. Is a staple diet. Bread is what many of us, if not all of us, grew up in. I mean, you know, Cindy told me that Raymond, you know, when he was a child, he used to eat like 10 slices of bread when he came from school. You know? You can say no way, you know, your mom knows better than you. (laughs) Bread. You know, people live by bread. That's why I said, man shall not live by bread alone. So he was using bread as an analogy. He was using bread as a metaphor. And he was saying that just as bread sustains you, I am the one that can sustain you. The bread, the manna that you received from, from Moses in the Old Testament could only sustain you for the day. But the bread that I give you can give you eternal life. So it was too heavy for them. How can he say, I am the bread of life? How can we eat of him? You know, there's some people, Pastor Robbie, that when they're partaking of the, of the communion, they're thinking in their mind, I'm eating the flesh of Jesus. The bread was only used as a metaphor. But the important key lesson that we must learn is that He sustains us like bread sustains us only for the day. I mean, there's some of us that eat, we eat like sometimes even 14, 15 slices of bread a day. In the morning, we eat four. In the afternoon, we eat four. And at night we eat four. Come on, somebody. And then before you go to bed, you have that last cup of coffee with another four slices. That's why the bread doesn't last, Sister Annie. Your bread doesn't last because they're eating all the bread up all the day, whole day. And Jesus understood. You know, it's not that they were being glutton or anything like that. It was just their behavior. It was their mannerism. It was the way people lived in order to live because they didn't have other nice things, delicacies that they could feed on. There were no fridges in that, in that time. Oh, Josephine says, uh, well, the three, oh, the three musketeers went to Israel and they came to tell us that there's bread on every corner. On every corner there's bread. So you can eat bread galore. So Jesus understood, so He picked that as a, you know, as a metaphor. He picked it so that they could understand that just as bread helped them and sustained them and fed them and kept them going, so too He is the bread of life. Jesus doesn't want you to let Him be the bread of life only at your born-again experience. But you must have Him. Every day with Jesus must be sweeter than the day before. Are we still together? All right. Say after me the bread of heaven. John chapter 6 verse 32. Someone read John chapter 6 verse 32. John 6 32. Bread of heaven. Then Jesus said unto them,
2: Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. There we go. Verse 41. Sister Jocelyn, verse 41. The Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven.
0: They had a problem with it. How can he say that he's the bread that come from heaven? All right? For, okay. Sister Jocelyn, verse 50.
2: This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. The bread of heaven. Verse 58. This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He hath eaten of this bread shall live forever.
0: There we go. The bread from heaven. So he's saying that he is not the bread on the corner shop. Not the bread that you buy at Pick and Pay. Not the bread that you buy at Woolworths. Some of you must only eat Woolworths. Not that kind of bread. He's saying, I am the bread that comes from heaven. So that means you must make Him your feeding every day. When you feed, in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, late at night, you must make Him your feeding in the day. Are we still together this morning? All right. Now, look at verse 33, Sister Jocelyn. The bread of God. Verse 33. For the
2: bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world.
0: Right. Now we're talking about the bread of heaven, the bread of God, the bread of life. Let's look at verse 35, Sister Jocelyn. And verse 38 48:
2: And Jesus said unto them, "I am the bread of life, He that cometh to me shall never hunger."
0: All right, now, now that we spoke of the bread of heaven, we spoke of the bread of God, we spoke of the bread of life, now we come into the living bread. Verse 51. in, in faith the Jocelyn. Faith Ian.
2: I am the living bread. There we which, go. Which came down from heaven. There we go. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world.
0: That was too much for the people to handle. They said, what? Said, die my nou oos moet aan hom eet, want hy is die brood van You see, they were taking it wrong. And that's why we as Christians, when we understand the Word of God, we need to contextualize what is being said in the text. Yeah? Are we still together this morning? He was using bread, which is a familiar material object, to teach a spiritual truth. You receive bread into your body and it sustains you. But receiving Jesus into your heart by faith gives you eternal life. Amen. Okay. Later, he speaks about drinking blood, which obviously... He was not taking, you know, they shouldn't have taken it literally. To eat means to assimilate. It means to take in, to understand that fully information or ideas. It means to make it a part of your physical being. So in your lifestyle... You make it to partake of that bread, to eat of that bread, a physical part of your lifestyle. Physical meaning you have devotion time. It's my prayer time. It's my Bible study time. It's my fellowship time. It's time to go to church. It's time to witness it's time, that's every time you are partaking of those, you know, spiritual activities, you are partaking of the bread of life. Ek wonder, hoe sal jylle voel, as ons besluit, ek had nie meer die Bible, lees sê, oorlie. Ok, so die een kan, nou sê jy, versus, ek gaan nie meer kos iets ek gaan nie meer brood eet uh, wanneer ek school toe gaan of wanneer ek werk toe gaan of wanneer ek, you know, naar die universiteit toe gaan of ek gaan totaal nie meer brood eet nie. Dan wil ek kyk hoe vannig ra- raak van ons baie maar. You know when your body is thinning out that you need to feed your body in order for the body to be energetic and strong and powerful. Isn't that true? I'm not, I'm not being sarcastic now, uh, folk. I'm being real with us now. You know that if you neglect your body. Now, if you neglect your body because you are not just a body. I said you are not just a body. If you are just a body, then the people in the grave are also alive like you. But when you just a body, you are dead and you belong to a grave. Now, the same principle applies to our spiritual lives. That's why Jesus said to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you must be born again. He said, what? You mean I must go back into my mother's womb? You see, Jesus was using a metaphor and he was using the born again. In order for you to live, you must be born. In order for you to live again, you must be born again. Are we together? Beloveds? So Jesus uses the language of metaphor. Like my, I'm going to point number one today. I'm going to point number one. Is that right? Is that okay? Alright? Past one of you that says, nie past the fat force to point number four to. Because point four is in the minority, so majority. To describe, Jesus uses the metaphor to describe the process of understanding and receiving. You know, Jesus was incredible, Robbie. He was, um, he was ahead of his time, I think. Even though the Bible says he came in the perfect time. You know, in the fullness of time, Jesus was manifested. But the way he thought... And the way he spoke was ahead of the time for the people that was there. Because they, you know, when he spoke to them, he spoke to them in metaphors also. He's saying, we say things like, we'll have to digest that, just, you know, that uh, what you just said now, I'll have to digest that. Yeah? The people had a problem of eating he you know the bread of life so he's trying to explain to them because even in scripture even in language we use metaphors to illustrate a point yeah we use metaphors you will hear people say um you know, I will, I will have to, I really will have to digest that. It's a bit heavy for me to, you know, to absorb. Does it mean that you're going to eat it now physically? You're using it as a term, a metaphor, to illustrate that you need time to process this thing. I can't swallow that. You know, when there's an argument or when there's an, uh, you know, an accusation, or there's something unkind said to you, and you say, I can't forgive that, I can't swallow that. I can't take that, that he would say that. I can't swallow it. Does that mean that you're actually eating something? Because you can only swallow something when you're eating something. But you're using it in that term, in that context, as a metaphor to illustrate your point. Oh, wow, that's food for thought. Does that mean you're going to eat the food? When you say that's food for thought? It's a metaphor that is used. Yet they didn't have a problem using the metaphor in day-to-day living outside the context of the Word of God. But they had a problem with Jesus. That's why in verse 66, They turned and walked away because they said this is too much. Are we together this morning? The scripture also uses metaphorical language. Yes? Okay. Psalm 34 verse 8. Someone read Psalm 34 verse 8. Pastor Dolores, I'm very worried that you are not being vocal here this morning. Anybody, anybody can read Psalm 34 and verse 8, please. Psalm 34, verse, don't be scared. I'd like you to participate.
2: Oh, Go. taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts okay. in him.
0: So, oh, taste and see. Now, how can you taste? Mm. You must taste with your tongue. Isn't that so? Sister this. this taste and see that Arthur is good? See, Taste. Yet the scripture says, "Taste and see that the Lord is good." Amen. I is there any? Taste and see. Hey, Excel. yummy. Okay. Some of you still don't believe me. Psalm one hundred and nineteen, and verse one o three. Psalm 119,
2: verse 103. How sweet are thy words unto my taste.
0: Wow. So, the word of God is sweet. Wait, when you eat the word physically, do you think it will taste sweet? But it's a metaphor. The metaphor illustrates that when you're reading the word, hey, Ek sê jou die is, I love the word. Oh my word, I love the word. Daarom is ek so lekker spekvet. Julle kyk vir my in die natural, maar in die is ek spekvet van die woord. Because as you know, dank die Heere dat daar die syke in die spiritie. Want ek, ek die woord is so soet you know, ek behoort eendlik physically baie syke te het in my spirit. Maar as niks zeker in my spirit nie. Because die soetheid van die woord breek jou nie af nie. Die soetgeid van die chocolates breek jou af. Die zoetheid van Coca-Cola breek jou af. Vra net vir die mensen en die keking het om jou. And I kicked you by the fragile hulle? I don't know if it's metagorically or metaphorically, I don't know. When your words came, Jeremiah 15, verse 16. When your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight. Yay! Hey! Oh, first Peter 2, verse 2. Like newborn babies, like Newborn babies crave pure milk so that you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Man shall not live by bread alone but by every word. Are you getting this this morning? Even the prophet Ezekiel, the Lord gave him the word, the scroll, and the angel of God said to him, Eat the scroll. In Revelation, we also see when John, in chapter 4, was told, Eat the scroll. So it's a metaphorical term that is used to help us understand what God is wanting us to know. So, when Jesus says, I am the bread of life, that means, don't stay away from the word. Don't neglect from the, you know what? I have read through the Bible a few times. But that doesn't mean I've read through the Bible because the Bible is not the library book. The Bible is you will, you will not find, the Bible is not the will of God, but it is that where you will find the will of God. So you've got to dig and you've got to eat and you've got to take small portions what you can handle. I mean, can you imagine, you know, someone like Eturah, Eating 20 slices of bread, she will finish herself. Yeah, so you grow in your appetite with the word of God, so you grow with Jesus Christ. I am the bread of life. Jesus can give you one scripture, one word and it can feed you. I said, he can give you one word. Kom, ek sê gau vir julle, hy kan vir jou, sê kan maar hoe honger wies, maar hy kan vir jou eens brood gee, dan het sê stam voor hom. Jo, sê die revelation gekry, sê die understanding gekry, Jo, die Heer het vir my die oopendbaring gegeen. One word, not, not, not chapters, Not, you know, one would just one word. Tell them. He told me one word. Tell them. The bread of life told me just one word. Tell them. And it revolutionized my life. It changed my walk. It changed my talk. It changed my priorities. It even changed my friends. One word. That's all you need. In your present day. But can I say something? If you don't spend time with the Christ, you are never going to receive that word. You have to do it for you. And so when you dig into, when, you, when you're opening up his word, he's not asking you to play hide and seek with his word. Because he can take one word, in the beginning was the word. One sentence, in the beginning was the word. And God can open it up for you and show you before time began, God was there. God began the beginning. In the beginning. God. We're going to conclude. I'm just going to. I've got four points that I want to highlight. You know. But I'm only going to give you the first point, And that is we spoke about. It is important for us to understand the metaphor. That when Jesus said. I am the bread of life. Please. Don't be like a clown. And think. That he's asking you to eat of his flesh. Okay? He's saying to you, all that you need to do is believe. If you believe that I am the bread of life, I will give you eternal life. Come on, somebody. You just need to believe. Tell your neighbor, just believe. Just believe and receive. Lord, you are the bread of life. And you said that if we believe, we will have eternal life. But in this moment in time, I feel strained. I feel tired. I feel zonked. I feel depressed. I feel lost. I feel lonely. Lord, in this time, I feel defeated. Lord, in this time, I feel hopeless. And God is saying to you, I am the bread. You just need to believe. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved shall we bow heads and close our eyes. ek weet, nou hierna, gaan jullie gaan wandel met die brood van die lewe. Daarom hoef jy nie vir jou te gedrag soos Johnny nie, en vir jou aan te trek soos nie, en te sing soos Kezia nie. Nee, jy het iets wat groter is, wat in jou is, as dit wat in die wereld is the bread of life. Almighty God and eternal Father, continue to teach us about the importance of knowing the bread of life in the true sense of the word, in the way it has to be properly represented. Thank you, Lord God, that you clothe us with grace. Grace. That we can receive from the Lord every promise that is true. Just as Jesus represented the Father when he came from heaven, may we represent Jesus when he came to us. Help us to be true representatives that would personify the Lord Jesus Christ. For those who maybe have many, many questions, Lord, as Job had many questions, but when he encountered the I am, he forgot about all his questions and said, it doesn't matter. May we have an experience like Job, That we would receive the fullness of the grace of God. That just as He brought it to us, fullness of grace and fullness of truth. I pray that you will impart it upon your people this morning. Digest this word into their hearts. Transform our thinking that we may sound like Christ. That we may walk like Christ. That we may talk like Christ. I pray this morning that you will bestow divine healing power. But not only for those who are sick. But that we would be able to heal the sick even. Because we are walking with the bread of life. So Father, right now, come and bless us. And part us with your love your peace, and your blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give the bread of life a wonderful clap of you?